Hello, 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 people. Hello, the world. Hello, Cowboys Nation. Welcome back. This is week three on the edge with your boy, Micah Parsons, linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. And I just want to say we might as well get straight into it. The reason why y'all came in here today, Cowboys Nation, do not panic. Um, yes, it was a rough one. Yes, there's lots of regrets, things that a bunch of guys wish they could take back. But can we say every day climbing a mountain is going to be sunshine and rainbows? No, we got hit by the storm. Uh, some of our biggest takeaways of this game was the simple fact of like we just didn't execute on both sides of the ball. You can't even say it was the offense. You can't even say it was the defense. Giving up 28 points is just unacceptable. Regardless of what Dak done, uh, the standard we've been playing, how we've been playing, just wasn't acceptable this week. And I take ownership in that, you know. Um it, it hurts because when you when you go out there and you practice something and you you consistently do it and you're not executing to the way like we were just beating ourselves. Uh, I don't necessarily think the Cardinals were a better team at this at all. I think we have more talent, more skill, things like that. But uh, I just think we beat ourselves. We weren't playing to our standard. We weren't doing what we were doing. And uh, we just got to be better. And the defensive side, I got to make sure we're better. Bring that energy. Um, another takeaway is just that, you know, obviously we didn't do what we were supposed to do in the red zone. Obviously, that's been a big thing. People own that. Um, it is what it is. But guess what? It gives us a chance to get better. That's the bright side about this part. Um, we know what we did. It's a chance to get better, um, eliminate these things so it doesn't happen again and allow both sides to get better and work off each other. So do not panic. It's early in the season. It's September. I never heard of a Super Bowl one in September. I never heard of a Super Bowl being one in October, November or December. That thing is one in February and obviously playing your uh, butt off in January. So do not panic. We are going to be okay. And I know a lot of guys and a lot of people want to hear about losing Trayvon. Uh, When I first heard about it um, and seen him go down, my heart broke, bro. You talking about someone who's like, took me under the wing. Man, I just went off to the side to take a moment from practice. And I just, like, I really shed tears. Like, you know, Trayvon's like really like my family. Like, he's someone like, I know we're going to look after each other, take care of each other. Um, and I don't think people realize how much stuff that we actually do together. So, and the energy that he brings to the team. So losing him may could have been a part just because the enjoyment and the fun that he brings to the guys, that type of energy is rare and we're truly going to miss him. Like, for example, we make sure we bring each other food to the plane. We make sure, you know, we always walk out the tunnel together. We always hang out the night before the game, text, talk, FaceTime, go over stuff, just like, it's just truly go- it's truly a bummer losing someone like that and someone that's close. And uh, at this point, you know, he even te- we saw each other right after the game. You know, he called me, said, uh, come see me. And, uh, you know, and we just talked a little bit more. He's like, man, y'all got to y'all got to hit it on. So, you know, this week is all going to be motivation for my dog, Trey. Um, we're going to miss you, brother, and we're going to see you soon. But the whole team felt your absence and we felt that. Um, and, I, and that's why I thought it was cool that uh, Stefan made, you know, the big, uh, you know, he dedicated that game towards his brother. And uh, I think we're going to do something like that as our team and our defense um, to dedicate game towards Trey, too, um, because that's our brother. And uh, it's not the same without him out there. So we miss you, brother, and we love you. And uh, we know what you're going to bring next year uh, to help us do it all over again, brother. Um, and even Coach McCarthy said it, it was a such a punch. 
uh, to the gut, you know, losing a guy like that, like um, people who question straight character and who he is don't really know him. What he brings to the team is just undeniably gifted. And I mean, just the turnovers he brings, the excitement, the joy, like it, you just can't coach it. And, uh, you know, Coach Al Harris, you know, he shed some tears, too, you know. Uh, so I think I think you guys are getting a grasp of what it means and what it means to have him on this team. Um, and then, you know, we might as well keep going, getting straight to it. I want to take some questions from the chat. Uh, you know, I know you guys have some questions about what happened Sunday. So, you know, I want to hear from you guys. Is it going to take time to adapt without seven? Um, I think last week was our adaption game. You know, I think we all seen what it's like not to have him out there. I think we all noticed what's going on and what we need to do and how we need to adjust. So I think this week will be much better all around the board. Uh, what do I think of what Bart Scott said? Honestly, it hurt me. I just think it's too early. Um, without a doubt, it is a big blow to Dallas defense to lose Trayvon Diggs. The, like I said, the the type of guy he he is and what he brings to our team is just you just re- can't recreate that uh, and you can't bring no one in to replace him. And, and as a former player, I just don't believe that you should put that type of luck or say the type of things you do after someone makes a significant injury, especially like ACL. It's not like Trayvon was out for four to six weeks or he had to be on place IR because of hamstring. Uh, ACL is a season ending injury, you know, so I just don't agree with that. Um, but every man is different. You know, if you're going to change for the cameras and things like that, then that's just who you are. But as a player and, you know, for where I'm going and, you know, obviously doing this, I would never intentionally talk bad or wish an injury and say, think that's like a joke on anyone. Uh, I never uh, had a significant injury like that, but um, talking to guys and seeing people go through it uh, is just not something to joke about. Um, and let's just continue on. And we're going to start off with my dog of the week. And my dog of the week has to go out to my dog, Miles Garrett. Um, I know people saw me imitating him last week over the center. Uh, Miles Garrett is truly just one of a kind. I don't think there's anyone in the league like him. I mean, the fact that he has people following him, like, I honestly, I, I, like, as soon as I saw it, I said to my coach, like, we got to adapt to this. Like, Miles Garrett is like, I just don't think if you look at the type of attention uh, that he brings, um, besides me, Miles Garrett, and uh, a couple, a few other guys like Crosby, I don't think anyone's bringing that type of attention uh, towards their for their team. Um, a lot of guys are getting single blocked and things like that, but Miles Garrett finds a way. Had three and a half sacks. That man is a dog. He tackled the tackle and the QB on one play. The guy's just freaky. Uh, I watch the guy all the time. Talking about a guy who I watch his film and see what he does and what he goes through and how he gets moved around. Truly aspiring, bro. And I don't think I think everyone should take notice to what Miles Garrett's doing. And right now, I think between uh me, TJ Miles, and a few other guys, I mean, this race is really up for anyone. Uh, this is really going down to the wire. Everyone's bringing out their best stuff. I can't wait to continue to see what the rest of the year looks like. And then it, it continues on to what I told you guys. The Browns are the real deal. The Browns have a top defense in the league last year. I mean, talent-wise last year, and now they're showing with talent and discipline, we could be really good. Um, if you look at how they lost last week, their Browns offense uh, gave up more points than the Browns defense. So let's look at here. The Browns could be a 3-0 team. They're on a hot streak. Deshaun Watson is playing up to the standard now. You know, he did not fall off. Uh, people forget this man was suspended for almost, he didn't play football for almost two years. 
two years, guys. And then when he came back, it was just like, oh, we're out of playoffs. So we're just they're not they're just now getting the flow of things. Uh, I'm ex- super excited to see how this thing goes. Uh, but Deshaun Watson is the real deal. The Cleveland Browns is the real deal. And I don't think we should be surprised about this anymore. The Browns are here. I think that we might see them uh, potentially win a division. It's going to be a close one, but I, I don't really see a lot of people doing anything with their defense. I think they're putting all together. That DC they brung in is doing what he has to do. And uh, we all need to take notice. I think, you know, it's really going to come down to, in their division, uh, Browns and Bengals, and, you know, uh, depending on how Joe Burrow comes back from this calf injury, it's going to be really exciting to see. So I think everyone should buckle up and get ready for that division matchup uh, when they see each other later on in the season because I think that's going to – the reason, if, you know, the Browns could be a higher seed in the thing, uh, in playoffs or not because the Browns are definitely a playoff team, and we need to be ready for that. Um, another player that, caught, that has caught my eye on the edge is the Rams wide receiver number 17. Nakoa, man, is he lighting the league on fire. As a rookie wide receiver coming in, uh, no one having no expectations. I think he's blown the expectations off the ceiling for everyone. I think it's going to be even more exciting seeing him back with Cooper Cup when he gets back. So having that two matchup, having two guys that Matthew Stafford likes to throw to, I think everyone knows he likes to go to Cooper Cup. Uh, especially when he's in the lineup. But now having a hidden gem saying, hey, I can trust this guy. I can depend on this guy. I know he's going to make the catch. I know he's going to do what he has to do. Uh, I think the Rams have the potential to be very scary and make that run uh, like Sean McVay always does and, you know, change the way that this team's looking at. Um, this is a real serious team. I, I think everyone uh, saw the Rams last year and said, well, we could write them off. But Sean McVay said, hold on, wait a minute, I'm not done. And uh, I think we're really seeing it. He drafted well, got this guy. He's going to get his guy Cooper Cup back soon. So I think we should be very excited about the Rams and see what they do this year. I think they might upset a couple teams this year and see how they place in the division. It's going to be good, especially with the Seahawks and the 49ers. So it's going to be very good to see. I think something we also need to talk about on the edge right now is the Broncos. Uh, What's going on in Denver? Uh, Denver had a top-rated defense last year then just gave up 70. Um, what are they missing? What is going on? What is the missing piece down in Denver? Um, we all put a lot – we put a lot of praise on Sean Payton to turn the system around, especially trading to get Russell Wilson. We thought these guys would instantly be a high playoff team and maybe even a Super Bowl team, but it's not looking like that right now, and that's causing for suspicion. You know, and you also would think it would take a jump after last year, uh, knowing what they have done uh, and where they was at last year. It's starting to become, I think, detrimental to the team. Um, if we go to what Garrett Bowles said about the team, it, it's kind of questioning. Uh, he's like, when you one of your, you know, especially one of your veteran players degrade the team and say, man, I'm tired of losing. What does that mean for the right team? Now, what are the emotions like going through your head personally? Shit. Huh. Shit. It's, uh, tired of losing, man. Uh, I've been here for seven years and all I've done is lost. And it's frustrating. Now that, that's pain. And I, uh, I think people need to realize something. When you compete at the highest level and you, you're putting in work and it's constantly hope, hope. They're like, oh, we got Russ. This is hope. Oh, we got Sean Payton. It's hope. And it's just not getting to where you want it to be, 
that hurts, guys. And I don't think people realizing that. And instead of that, sometimes you want to take the positive way out. Yes, this loss hurt. But we need guys in the Broncos room. I know Pastor Tain's a guy, and I know he's a young guy. But even me, I'm trying to lean towards that. Hey, we need to pick this up. Hey, I know how who we can be and how we can be it. And we need to show that every week. So there has to be a guy over there that's going to step up and say, hey, we got to change this around. And it, and it can't always be Russell Wilson. You know, everyone always thinks the QB has to be the leader. Sometimes it gives be a guy that everyone knows is going to practice his butt off, work his butt off, and things like that, because that's things that people need, and they just need to help turn it around. Um, obviously losing 70 to 20, um, 0 and 3, uh, the most poor score game since 1966. Like, come on, guys. Like, y'all got to get it together. Someone has to signal it. Hey, Pat, I'm challenging you. I know you that dog up there. Get these boys together, brother. I know you can do it. And then I want to say, you know, Tua said they didn't go for 73 because they don't want to humiliate teams. I mean, after 70 points, you don't think this is already humiliating? You might as well go for the record. But I understand what you're trying to say is you don't want to get disrespectful. But listen, we get it. I think either way, 70 to, you know, 20, we already said, what the hell? Like, what the hell just happened down in Miami? Once again, uh, this AFC team of Miami is looking serious. And Tua is healthy. I think we all said this offseason, if Tua can stay healthy, the sky's the limit for this Miami team. And everything's panning out to be true. And we need to take notice and we need to start preparing to see what these guys down in Miami are doing because they're consistently averaging 30 with Tua in the lineup. 30 or more. So I think that we need to pay attention and start to lock in on these guys because Miami's the real deal and they might be the number one team in the AFC. And I know, I know, I know, I know uh, people going to say the Chiefs, but we'll get into that in a second. I just want to take a second on my guy, Tyreek Hill, saying he's the lion and he said he got something for me coming off the edge. Hold on. Wait a minute, Tyreek. Wait a minute, Tyreek. I'm letting you know there's a big difference between me and those other guys that you coming off the edge with, I, listen, Tyreek, if you come over my way and I see you coming my way, I'm sending you to the tent. I'm sending you to the sideline. You're going to say, hey, coach, I don't want nothing to do with Michael Parsons. You don't want to do that. Hey, I already said it once and I said on social media, my baby girl's getting cheetah print for, for Christmas. She's getting cheetah print. Come over here to my side. My baby girl's getting cheetah print. But all of my guy, let's argue about it. If you're wide receiver one. It's Tyreek Hill, wide receiver one. I mean, we see what he's doing. We see what Justin Jefferson's doing. Who, who's wide receiver one? How are you going to argue it? These guys are lighting the league up right now. But the difference is the Dolphins are 3-0. The Vikings are 0-3. Who's going to argue it right now? Right now, we have to give it Tyreek Hill. He's, he has to be the best wide receiver uh, in the league because he's making the most impact. Before I get to that, I want to say how we stack up against the Dolphins. Honestly, it's going to be... A hell of a matchup on Christmas Day. I can't, honestly, I can't wait to, you know, go through it with these guys. It's going to be a war day, and it's going to be a very exciting. Uh, obviously, I think the Dolphins have the most explosive, and I'm explosive, I say speed, in the NFL. I mean, I don't know where you stack it against the Bengals, who has the best uh, group between the Bengals and the Dolphins, but wide receiver and court, they have both of the best teams, however you want to argue, if you want speed or you want guys to go up in Moss, because that's what Jamar Chase and T. Higgins do. I mean, they just going to go get it. So however you want to argue it, I think those guys are the best. And it's not even arguing. And now it just brings me to my point of who's our top four AFC teams. 
and let's be honest about this. Uh, what the Dolphins have done is they took a top five defense from last year and just dropped 70. Um, they they dropped 30, 30 plus points on the Chargers, who we all come in to the season say, hey, everyone's healthy. You got Jason Jackson back. They got Khalil Mack back. They got Derwin James. They got Joey Bosa. They got Kenneth Murray. They got Asante Sam. You're like, hey, this has, team has the potential to be in a top defense. And they got there and dropped 30 plus, okay? So we're not sleeping on the Dolphins. We know who they are. They didn't sleep on no one, and they've been lighting the league up. So right now, my number one team in the AFC is the Dolphins, okay? Now, we can't go away from our Super Bowl champs, okay? Uh, what they, they just dropped 40-plus on the Bears, and we're going to get into that a little bit. But I think they're back. You know, having Kelsey back in the lineup and having Chris Jones, who I told y'all would be a factor, if you didn't think Chris Jones would have made an impact in that Lions game, you guys are crazy. Chris Jones is just that guy. Uh, and you just can't take away defense. I think he would have made a plays the way he's been making plays since he's been back. So my number two team right now has to be the Chiefs. Three, we got to go with Cleveland. Um, Cleveland's defense... Just wins championships. I mean, defense always wins championships. I don't care what no one says. You know, Chiefs defense, at the end of the day, they got that stop on Hurts, and they won that game. So defense always wins championships. So I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. If Deshaun Watson could keep clicking and that defense could keep clicking, we're seeing a great Cleveland Brown team. Number four is tough, okay? Um, As many places you can go with this, well, we got to go with the Buffalo Bills. I, you just can't write off Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a guy. Josh Allen's in the Buffalo Bills. They have extreme amount of talent. Matt Milano, uh, Porter, uh, Poyer on that defense, Ed Oliver. I mean, and they still haven't got Von Miller back. And I think a lot of people are forgetting about Von Miller. Von Miller is an all-decade defensive end, one of the greatest defensive ends to ever play this football game. Uh, Hall of Famer. We can't wait to see Vaughn get back on the field. I don't think enough people are talking about the Bills still don't have Vaughn Miller back. So we got to go with the Buffalo Bills at four. And I think the whole AFC playoff berth is going to come down to the wire. It's going to be super exciting. And uh, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, let's, let's bring it back to a team where we all thought was going to make Super Bowl ch- hopes. Huh. And it, it's, it's hard to even talk about this because Aaron Rodgers' injury and who Aaron Rodgers is and what it could have meant for the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. And let me tell you why they should, and I know, and we look on the sideline, we see the frustration with all the players, and especially with Garrett Wilson, with Zach Wilson. It, it gets a little toxic sometimes, you know. When you got this between your best wide receiver and your starting quarterback, it hurts. And we see it on... I think everyone's silent. We saw it between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Uh, should we should we overpanic? No, but we got to understand uh, there's a lot of emotions that come with football. When you're competing and you want to be the best and you know you're unguardable. Gary Wilson's one of them guys who we can't sleep on. He's a top 10, top 15 receiver. And he's a, our, you know, offensive rookie of the year. So, you know, when he's not getting a receptions and he's getting held to a certain amount of yards, there's a lot of frustration. And and as deserves, and I say we can't panic because look, and, and this is the truth, okay? All offseason, everyone's been talking about Aaron Rodgers, okay? Uh, you know, Coach Salah, uh, you know, is a great coach, but guess what? He's been planning to have Aaron Rodgers. That team was getting built for Aaron Rodgers. That team wasn't getting built for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, yes, he was in training camp, 
but no one was expecting him to play. He probably wasn't taking the same reps, getting the same looks, getting everything like Aaron Rodgers was. And that's just the reality. And now they're trying to adjust and limit the system and come back to a new system because of Zach Wilson and his inability to not, and he's being compared to a Hall of Famer, which isn't fair. He had he needs time to grow. He needs time to learn. Um, y'all are forgetting that there's only 32 starting jobs in the NFL quarterback, and he's one of them right now. If it was so easy, a bunch of people could be quarterback. And I know there's a lot of frustration for Jets fans and things like that, but this isn't a walk-in-the-park job. There's only 32 starting jobs in the NFL for a reason. Uh, defensive ends, you can be rotatable. There's two of them on each side. Corners, there's more. Quarterback is one of the hardest positions in the NFL, and you expect a third-year guy who got benched last year say, hey, we're going to take Aaron Rodgers. His focus might have been there. We don't know what his focus, his mental was like when the whole trade thing was happening, how the guys treated him. And a lot goes into it on how much you want to give to this team. His team needs to give back to him. They need to pour into him so he can be the guy they want to be. And if they can't do that, um, there's a bunch of free agent guys. Um, we saw earlier Matt Ryan said he wouldn't take the job. Um, but at, you can say Cam Newton, uh, Joe Flacco. I, we we truly just don't know. I just don't think there's a, a guy right now that we could say that could come in and just change the whole system around and say, hey, this guy's going to take us to the Super Bowl. I, I, I don't think there is a guy out there right now unless you trade for him and he's a backup somewhere else. Um, that's going to make that impact and get you what you want, uh, Jets Nation. So pour into him, uh, help groom him, grow him, and things like that. But I think everything's going to be okay once you get back into it. Um, I see a lot of people are talking about the Raiders' loss to the Steelers. Josh McDaniels decided to kick on fourth and eight in the red zone when they were down eight. I think we saw something very similar to the situation with the Packers and the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. Uh, with Rodgers, uh, very skeptical. Um, but then in the day, I, he played it like, hey, either way, we got to score to win the game. But I think in that situation, uh, I, just because it's fourth and eight, I don't think people realize at fourth and eight, it's a wide range of what the defense could come in. They could send out an all-out blitz. They could, and you know, it's easy. And I don't think people realize how hard it is to get eight yards in the NFL. Uh, it's extremely hard. That's why there's a bunch of three and outs. There's a, like, it's, like, let's be real, guys. Like, it, I know it's frustrating. In that position, I guess, you really could go either way. You know, if he's going to sense, like, hey, either way, we got to go down here and win the game, or we got, either way, they need to get a stop, um, and they just didn't do it. So, at the end of the day, you could really go either way on it. If it's me, and if I'm playing, you know, whatever in that situation, uh, I think it gives a different type of belief in your team when you do go for it. Say, hey, I do believe in you. I think we could get this. So let's get it. Um, and that that brings a different type of faith. Like, hey, like, you know, you fired up. Like, and the defense is rallying you up. The offense is like, hey, let's do this. Like, like let's lock in. Let's do what we have to do. Um, so it would have been more exciting to see it. But I guess we can get why he did that. Um, and we also have a clip of what Devontae Adams said after the game. I don't act like it's all crazy. It's, you know, it's week three, but I don't got time to wait around, you know. And it's not a personal thing. I mean, it is a personal thing, but it ain't just about me. But, I mean, it's not my mentality to sit here and try to take all season to figure it out. You use these early games like this to establish identity. And we, uh, 
we're not doing things the right way to, to establish a winning culture um, early in the season. So we got to do something to, to turn that around. Doing something about it so that when we go out there the next time, it looks different. It's not supposed to just be a week of just talking about shit. We got to go out there and do it. And, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the theme of this year is doing it, not just talking about it and figuring out what we need to do. We did all that last year. This year we got to be about it. Okay. He said, I don't got time to just wait around. It's not my mentality to take it all season and figure it out. Okay, let's realize where Devontae Adams came from. He came from Green Bay, who's a winning culture, who had a great comeback win. Jordan Love, congratulations, by the way. Um, and beat a great defensive Saints team. And that was a tremendous comeback. Uh, and his quarterback was Aaron Rodgers. And the culture they had built, he knows what it looks like. He's been to multiple NFC Championship games. Um, he's played uh, in big-time games. And he's pretty much dominated since, you know, uh, been on a winning team since he's been here. So he knows the culture. He knows what it looks like. He knows what it should look like. And when it's not up to the expectation, yes, he has a right to be upset. Um, when you're trying to change a losing culture to a winning culture, it's challenging because you got to get these guys to see what you see and, you know, the experiences of what you went through. He's looking from a different scope. Um, and what it could mean is, and what he's trying to say is, he's a hey, Yes, I'm one of the highest paid guys. I am one of the best receivers, but I want to win. I came here because I wanted to win. You know, he didn't come there. He came there for Derek Carr, if we want to be real, uh, when that whole trade thing happened. And obviously losing his guy, they brought in another quarterback. But we have to be real. Like, he is in a winning culture. He wants to build a winning culture. He knows what it should look like. And I, and I don't disagree with him. When someone is not playing up to the standard, it's not okay. And I said, oh, guys, sometimes guys just want to collect checks. And some guys are actually playing because it means something. And he's a player. You could tell when it means something to some people. Okay? When I play, I want to play because it means something to me. And I want people to know that. And I think that's why people, uh, uh, they love me and they see it because they see the rage, the passion that come with the game. And you see it from guys like Devontae Adams. You see it from guys like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. You see the passion that they want to bring. They want to win. They're eager to win. So, no, I'm not mad at it. Uh, he deserves that winning culture. He's come from one. He knows what this looks like. So people should listen to him. Um, don't take this as offense. I don't think Devontae Adams is going nowhere. I don't think the Raiders are going to let him go nowhere. But he's saying, like, hey, guys, like, we need to tap in. I think, obviously, you see the difference between him and Garrett Bowles. The guy is like, man, I feel like, you know, I, I'm tired of losing. No, we needed to get together. We need to be positive. Like, it shouldn't look like this. We shouldn't keep making the same mistakes. And that's what I'm talking about, the growth of between a good identity, good culture versus a bad culture and losing culture. But, you know, on to some positive stuff. I think the biggest news of the week is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Like, when I heard, when I originally heard about that, I said, man, he shot from deep. He shot from deep. Now, T. Kelsey is my boy, and I just saw him out a couple of times, and that boy's a dog. He's a, he's a dog. But shooting at T. Swift? Like, who's a Swifty? Like, like, oh my, like, hold on. Quick timeline. Travis had his podcast when he went into a concert and tried to give her his phone number, and it didn't go right, right? Rumors came out, they were hanging out. Travis went on McAfee, dropped a line about Arrowhead, and then we see her at Arrowhead. Yo. Okay, hold on. Now, this is this is where things get like suspenseful. Like, hold on, Trav. Hold on, like, like, like when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. Like when I saw that video of uh, your mom and T Swift, I almost lost my mind for you. Like having T Swift, like, like she sing to you at night, bro. Like I would think if I had a bad day, I'd be like, 
sing to me, Taylor. Sing to me, like, put something to my ear, like, hey, you belong with me. Yes, I am a Swifty. I'm back in the 2000. I'm the old Swift, though. Like, I want the old Swift, you know, uh, you know, when she was out there saying, like, she wears T-shirts, you know, she wears short skirts and I wear T-shirts. Big hype for you, dog. You know what it is, dog. I mean, damn, you shot from deep and you score. You Stephen Curry, my brother. You might be the new Steph of football. That's dope. I can't even lie. I think I want to see someone shoot at somebody else. The NFL, we up right now. City Boys is up. Hey, I challenge all my other NFL guys, start shooting from deep. Shooting from deep. Let's see if someone can get somebody like, I don't know. Oh, I got to think about this. We got to start shooting, brother. I, I am publicly shooting, you know. Zendaya, shoot at Zendaya, something. We got to start going, brothers. Uh, I think Traff set the standard for this. What are my thoughts about it? I think it's dope. You know, I, and, and I think love's important. Uh, you know, I, I think it's always good to find love, uh, no matter where you find it, how you find it. I think they're going to have a dope love story one day. I think this is a great uh, t- couple. You know, it it makes me think about how many people might have came to a Cowboys game. Have people ever, like, I mean... I don't think I would be nervous if Taylor Swift was in, like, the Cowboys Stadium cheering me on. Like, honestly, I'd, I'd probably, like, maybe have, like, two sacks or something. Like, oh, Taylor's here. Like, oh, two sacks. Like, I might, like, I would probably growl at her. Like, like, ooh, Taylor, he's he's a dominant. He's a lion. Like, I don't know. Like, I would have to go kind of crazy. I wouldn't be nervous. Like, I would, like, T-Swift here. Like, I remember, like, George Lopez came. And, like, George Lopez was, like, super dope. Because I was like, yo, I used to watch, like, the Lopez show, like, George Lopez show. I was like, dang, like, I was super hype about that. So, you know, I don't know. I, I guess, I, I like, I've never been nervous. I guess it makes me more excited, like, when, like, people you known growing up and you seen growing up, like, you know. I don't know. That, that's just me. I am a Swifty. Uh, my favorite song is You Belong With Me. Uh, she crushed it. Um, was Travis intentional about inviting her to the Bears game? I think we all had the uh the Chiefs winning. Did he just want to see a win? Or, you know, I honestly the Chiefs is good for any week, but uh I think there was a little suspicion about that. Um, you know, but outside of Taylor Swift and the that whole incident, the Bears had a week. Um, people can expect the Bears to go out and beat the Chiefs after equipment has been stolen. I mean, their D.C. decides to resign. A whole bunch of allegations getting put out. We don't know what's going on. I mean, man, what's going on over there? And, and what I hate is that everyone's putting on Justin. There's so many distractions between the play call and defense. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't. Win a game after your defense gives up 40-something points. Regardless of how Justin Fields is playing, they can't get a stop. They're eating up clocks. So that means Justin has to drop back. You can't open up the playbook. I mean, we just have to be a little bit realistic. Did we expect Justin Fields to turn around this program in three years? A program that hasn't been at the at its prime in so long gave away all pro Roquan Smith. Uh, brung in Tremaine Evans instead of your all-pro guy. I mean, you gave away Robert Quinn. I mean, you try to draft guys, but it's the NFL. It takes guys a while to add on. My guy Briscoe over there is hooping. You still got Eddie Jackson, but, you know, it don't... 
I don't think two or three guys can change a defense. It takes all 11. I don't think people are realizing that. It takes all 11 on offense, too. But the good news is the Bears have draft capital. They could keep building onto this roster. Uh, they still got the Panthers pick, and the Panthers aren't looking too sound right now. So they might have an early pick next year, and they might be able to get a guy like Marvin Harrison to add to DJ Moore, which would be exciting, get you another old lineman. Um, so we just got to give it time. And give a hope. Uh, just give him the same grace. You know, Tua went had a first couple rough years. Um, there's a couple other guys that had it rough at first. Let's just let's like, and then Tua didn't change until he had Tyreek Hill. Like, let's be real. You know, DJ Moore is a good receiver, but would you say he's a class A guy? Would you put him up there with Tyreek Hill? Does he have the potential? Yes, DJ Moore is a hell of a player. He's a dog, regardless. Like, I'm not saying anything bad about DJ Moore. But Tyreek Hill didn't make a huge jump. I mean, uh, two didn't make a huge jump until he got Tyreek Hill. Uh, let's put another guy. Josh Allen didn't make a huge jump until he got Stephon Diggs. So let's give everyone that same courtesy, that same action. Let a team build up. The Bills were always a premium team. Let them build up. Give them a chance. Don't give up, Bears Nation. Like, it takes time. It takes time. And then you will see the significance in it. Do not rush this type of process. When you rush it and we give up on guys, we see guys don't come out the same. Let them get confidence. Let them get going. But that's what I got to say about the Bears game. Uh, you guys liked when I talked college balls last week. So shout out to the so shout out to my guys. Um, and first, you know, I got to start off with Penn State. And let's start off with a we are, we are, we are. Y'all know what it is. Big shout out. Gave up only 76 Offensive yards, that defense is booming. Y'all know where we get it from. There's nothing like a white. You can't come into a white. I think it's going to be sweet. I think Iowa came out there and they just thought it was going to be sweet. And we came out there firing that white out. There's nothing like it in the world. I don't think people realize how great that white out is. It's special. Just look at that environment. And my guys did what they had to do and crushed Iowa, uh, a Big Ten matchup. We might be underrated after we seeing. Uh, Ohio State struggle against Notre Dame and, and find out Notre Dame only had 10 players on the last play of the game. I don't know how that happens, but that's the reality of it. Notre Dame only had 10 players on the last play of the game and they ran to the gap that was open and the guy was missing. So that hurts. I mean, that truly hurts. Um, and it hurts that we saw Marvin Harrison go out. Can that affect... That Ohio State team not having Marvin Harrison out there, we don't know the extent of that injury. Um, so it's something to keep an eye on. But Penn State is on the rise, baby. Penn State on the rise. And I want to say something. Drew Alar, you keep going, baby. I'm loving what I'm seeing. Oh, we are, baby. I'm so excited. We might have a real chance. I think we do have a chance to go all the way. Big Ten championship game, college football playoff. Uh, this team reminds me a lot. When I was in college, uh, my sophomore year, when we were a top uh, five team, number four in the country before we went down and uh, lost to Minnesota, I mean, we was booming. Abdul Carter, Curtis Jacobs, you got Chop Robinson on defense. Oh, man, I, man, that front, Adisa Isaac is looking monstrous, guys. Penn State, we are coming, baby. Um, the Heisman race is heating up. The Heisman race is heating up. Caleb Williams and Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. Man, oh, man. Can Caleb Williams repeat Heisman? When's the last time that's been done? I mean, the way he's been playing and the style that he's been playing, can we honestly argue, has he been 
is he going to be the? Ooh, I, and I hate throwing out these things because you know it. I think we did that with Victor, but he might be the best QB we've seen in recent drafts in a long time. He might be the best recruit that's come is going to come out this draft. And the question is, should he? He's thriving at USC. The NIL I know is booming for him. Uh, and he doesn't have to deal with none of the drama. Um, are we going to see him come out? I we don't know, but this is boom heating up serious. Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams and Michael Penix Jr. is hooping. We see you, brothers. I mean, keep going. I'm excited to see how it looks like. I want to see what USC does to Colorado. I think that's going to be the game. How do Colorado bounce back from that loss against Oregon? And the only way that happens is you got to learn. Fix the mistakes. Um, Oregon trolled uh, Colorado. I thought they were being like little girls, to be honest with you. Um, I don't agree with that coach did before pregame. Uh, listen, one thing about football, it's never about them. Like, when a coach, that just brings a toxic environment. Like, it's never about what the next man is doing. It's never about what the next coach is doing, how they're building their team. The grass is green on your side. You don't know what it's like on the other side, so don't talk about the other side. I never agree with things like that. I do. I just don't agree with that. You need to focus in-house, keep all your stuff in-house, um, so I just didn't agree how Oregon was treating Colorado, how they were spitting on them, spitting on their name. Uh, but at the end of the day, like we see in everything in football, it's always like you got served today. You know, er- everyone has his day and, uh, Oregon had their day against Colorado. Uh, obviously Colorado couldn't stop the run. They had their day. So we got to see them bounce back, learn it just to stop that run. Um, and coach prime said, this is the worst you're going to see us. Um, and you know, it is going to be exciting to see. So, uh, uh, and we're going to take some questions from the chat right now. Um, we're going to go back to the chat real quick. Uh, and the chat said, are the Cardinals a sleeper team in the NFC? Um, I think maybe so. Um, you know, they have a lot of talent over there. They still got Rondell Moore, a healthy Rondell Moore. Um, they still got Marquise Brown, a healthy Marquise Brown. The question is, how good would they be when Kyler Murray comes back? If Kyler Murray could come back and to continue to play pro bowl, all pro football, uh, they might be a sleeper. And, you know, they're a growing program. Uh, you know, I think that they have done a lot of good things and they've shown a lot of good teams. Like I said, they've shown a lot of fight, okay? They almost beat the commanders. They came back. They almost beat the Giants. They came back and they obviously came out strong against us and we didn't come back. So this team has a chance to be a three and oh team. I don't think they should be slept on. Uh, I think this is a, a this is a good team. Um, so they really are a sleeper. If Kyler Murray could come back and play great football, uh, you know, I think the Cardinals have the chance to come in and sneak in, uh, sneak into that highly stacked uh, Rams and C- Seattle division who we're all talking about right now with the 49ers. Um, so it'll be intense to see how they do next week against that matchup. Uh, and it's something that we all got to keep our eyes out on. Uh, and another question we got is, how do we feel about playing Zeke next week? Obviously, Zeke's my guy. Um, you know, we miss Zeke at where we at in Dallas. Uh, Zeke has always been great to Dallas. Uh, he's a legend in Dallas. Um, so it's going to be very fun. You know, Zeke always used to play around with me in practice and, you know, uh, I just know he might be coming for me, but I can't wait to 
see Zeke, uh, see how he's doing, and obviously get that highly uh, talented matchup uh, versus him. So very excited, uh, and I can't wait for it. But uh, super matchup is that we got we got Monday night matchup. I'm looking forward to Eagles versus Bucks. And now the question is now. With the Vikings going 0-3, uh, it's hard to solidify. You know, people are questioning Baker. Um, and, you know, and they're off to a, a pretty good start. But people are questioning. And I think this is a great uh, place and a great team for Baker to face to say, uh, hush hush up the critics. I mean, he's going against this talented Eagles defense. How can he look? How would he do uh, when adversity heights? Uh, hits in that game because adversity will always hit in the game, especially when you're going against a talented team like the Eagles. How will he overcome it? How can he lead that team to a win? It's going to be very exciting. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Will Baker hand the Eagles their first loss? Who knows? It's going to be exciting to see. I know I can't wait to watch it. It's a possibility. Baker could come out firing, get Mike Evans going, get Chris Godwin going, get that highly talented offense going and get some stops on defense. They might have a chance, but can Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith smother them and do what they do best? It's going to be a good one, uh, and we can't wait to watch it. But before I go, I always like to give you guys a preview, uh, you know, a week ahead. And I'm going to go ahead and do one more question before I go is, how is Mozzie Smith coming along? Is he going to be a good piece soon? I think Mozzie's coming along great. I think he's learning. He's adapting. He's starting to get comfortable. I think he's a guy that's going to keep coming along. And I think towards late in the season, mid-season, and we'll get a mid-season form, we got a chance to see Mozzie be very dominant, take over the league, take over his interior job, and uh, show why he was the highly talented pick in our first-round pick. So super excited for him, and I can't wait to see that. Before we go, I just want to say, how are we prepping after this week and, you know, that tough loss? Um, you know, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, and it's going to be a chance for us to get a redemption. We know how the Patriots are going to come at us with them having Zeke, and we know they like to run the ball and Belichick's creativity. So it's going to be very fun for us to get our redemption, um, show that we could get back on top uh, after adversity hits. and. It's going to be very exciting facing Zeke. I never faced Zeke. Um, he always talked about how I would feel if I ever tackled him and how he comes. Um, so it's going to be very, very, very interesting. Um, and if you're not in the stadium, this might be the greatest setup to watch the game. My guy, he was suited up. I thought he was getting ready to take my job. Tune in to my guy right now. His setup is off the chain. I mean, man, look at him. Parsons jersey on, pants on. I mean, I thought we were switching places. I honestly did. I mean, there's no better place. I mean, this is a true Cowboys fan. I mean, we got to do something special for this guy. I think this guy should reach out to me so I can show him the love that he gives Cowboys Nation because that's what it's all about. And the jerseys I got out this week, I got my man Devontae Adams because I understand his frustration, his passion for greatness. Obviously, the Cheetah, I wanted to show you some love because you are hooping, my boy. Can't wait for that matchup. And stop running from me and Madden, my guy. Don't run from me no more. I want to play you now. Don't run from me. And my guy, Joel Sai, baby, from the Bengals. Uh, three teams. One team that's, you know, at the top of the, uh, you know, they're at the top of the mountain right now. And that's Miami Dolphins and two teams who trying to find their way. So, my guy, Devontae Adams, good luck. Um, 
and Joseph Osai. Good luck, baby. I'll see y'all soon. And that's a wrap on the edge. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Tune in next week for more action, more talk, and more hottest takes in the league right now. Let's get it.